Maybe you're facing a situation in your heart, in your life, in your body right now. You just need Jesus to come and touch you. The Bible says that as we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. One of the ways that we draw near to him is as we lift him up and worship and praise. And I can sense his presence is drawing near into this place right now. And if you just open up your heart, if you let go of being cynical or let go of unbelief, this morning he will just come and touch you, come and move in your situation. Jesus, today we hold your promise before you. We know that you're a God of your promise, that you'll come and that you'll draw near to us this morning right now, that you'll draw near to every person in this place right now, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, that in your presence, there is no depression. We know, Lord Jesus, that in your presence, there is no poverty. There's no demon possession in your presence, Lord. And we know, Lord, that there is no sickness. I want to pray for those this morning. If, if you're sick in your body, you need Jesus to come and touch you. You need Jesus to come and heal you. I'd love to just have this opportunity right now, just in his presence, just as a, I'd just love you just to come to the front right now. I'd love to just pray for you. I had, had you in my heart this morning. If you're sick in your body, wouldn't just, you need a miracle of healing in your body. Come on, don't be shy. You need a miracle of healing. It's the best place for you to be. <laughs> need Jesus to come and touch you this morning. Look, even if it's an emotional healing, you need something in your heart that's, you just need to get something right. I just want to make this opportunity for you to get ministered to this morning. Something plaguing you this morning, something plaguing your emotions, plaguing your mind, plaguing your body, plaguing your soul. Come on, just respond to him this morning. It's okay. those of you that are just sitting down, just feel free just to, just to pray and just to let your heart become focused on the Lord and let your heart just stretch out to these ones here this morning. They're your family, they're your brothers, they're your sisters. Those of you that have responded, just lift up your hands. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for your wonderful presence in this house this morning. Thank you, Lord, for your love, your deep love for every one of these people here right now. Jesus, we hold the, your precious blood over every one of these people here this morning that need our healing. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood that breaks every yoke, that breaks every disease, that breaks every depression. I thank you, Jesus, for your blood that heals the broken hearts, the broken bodies. Come on, just lift your hands. Holy Spirit, let your healing power come and touch. Touch this morning. Touch this morning. Come on, just receive. Just receive this morning. Touch Holy Spirit. Touch Holy Spirit. Touch Holy Spirit. Father, let your presence come and touch your brother this morning. Touch him, Holy Spirit. Touch him. Touch him. Touch him. Bring healing into his body today. Father, breathe into his spirit afresh today. Breathe into his soul afresh this morning. Holy Spirit. Lord, you are the restorer of our soul. Touch him afresh, Holy Spirit. Let your love come and touch him. Fresh right now. Touch, touch, touch. 
touch, touch. Be healed and be made whole this morning in Jesus' name. Be healed and be made whole this morning in Jesus' name. Touch him, Holy Spirit. Touch him. Touch him. Touch Holy Spirit. Touch him. Touch him. Touch Holy Spirit. Touch him. Healing power. Healing power. Touch him right now in Jesus' name. Touch him. Father, I bless him today. Lord, I bless the rest of his body. Father, I bless his heart today. Touch him right now, Holy Spirit. Touch him. More, 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 Holy Spirit. Father, come and touch this area. Touch, touch right now. Touch Holy Spirit. Touch Holy Spirit. Father, we bring that healing power into your body, into your life right now in Jesus' name. Bring healing right now in the name of Jesus. Touch, 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 touch Holy Spirit. Touch Holy Spirit. Touch Holy Spirit. Touch more, 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 more Holy Spirit. More, more. Jesus is touching you right now. Restore her joy and hope today, Lord. Touch right now. Father, touch our area right now, Jesus. Father, let your presence come and touch this area. Father, let healing power come and come and fill his body today in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that every infirmity will move right now in his body. Father, come and touch his heart. Come and touch his emotions today, I pray in the name of Jesus. Father, come and bring healing today in Jesus' name. Father, let your peace come. Father, it's your goodness. Father, touch every person in this place this morning. In Jesus' name.
the atmosphere today. There is great grief for everybody in the atmosphere today. You know, life can be hard sometimes. And life can throw you some curveballs that can knock your head sideways. And life can knock you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. But it's not how hard you hit, but it's how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. The Lord was hit on his back and he was whipped repeatedly. And the blows that he received to his back were designed to keep him on his knees. But he strengthened himself up and he stood up and he kept moving forward. He kept putting one foot in front of the other foot, in front of the other foot, and he kept climbing up that hill and he kept moving forward because he could see you and he could see me. And that was enough for him to complete that work on the cross of Calvary. Today, on the other side of that temptation, there's the answer to your prayer. On the other side of what it is you're facing, on the other side, keep moving forward. Don't stop where you are. Because on the other side is victory. On the other side is overcoming. On the other side is victory. On the other side is overcoming. On the other side is victory. On the other side is overcoming. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise you, Jesus. I just see this morning there's a, a person here that you're over there. And um, just as I was preparing for this morning about Jacob, and how Jacob wrestled with God. And I just sense this morning that you're here this morning and you're in the middle of wrestling with God. You're right in the middle of it. I want to encourage you this morning. Don't let go. Don't let go. God is going to shift in your life. You've experienced some highs and some lows. And right now you're discovering your walk with God. You're rediscovering your walk with God. And even as Jacob wrestled with God and he fought him right through the morning. It's not like a quick fight, but you've, this is a fight that's been going on for a while for you, man. And then all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord touched him and transformed him. And from that, fo- from that moment forward, his whole identity was changed. He became Jacob into Israel. The reason this fight is so strong for you is because of the great call of God upon your life. You've been labeled as, you've been called names, you've been harassed by people in your family. There's been a wrestle in your life for a while now. The Lord wants to encourage you to say, don't let go. Don't let go, I'm going to shift your identity. In fact, and from you, many people will be blessed. There's another person here this morning, and I just don't want to embarrass anyone near this, but you, but you know who you are in your own hearts. There's a, there's a gentleman here this morning, you're probably about 60 years old. You've been reflecting upon your life. And, and uh, one of the things I just sensed to you as I was praying for you here last night, there's been times where you've been completely misunderstood and um, you've, there's a string of relationships. You've almost, I see like broken relationships. And one of the things that you've done in your heart is you've just start to shut down your, shut down your heart. You're a, you're a good man. You've got a soft heart. You're a good dad as well. I want to encourage you today, allow your heart to open up again. Don't get cynical. Don't try and reason everything out. (laughs) 
He's been so unreasonable. God is good, but he's unreasonable. He lives outside of reasonableness. And if you let go of your heart and start to trust him again, Lord, it's going to start to restore love into your life. It's going to start to restore relationships into your life. It's going to restore joy into your life. Father, I just thank you for every person, every household here this morning. I pray, Lord, that you would just speak into their lives this morning. Lord, this morning, you would speak into our lives. Touch us. Lord, I bless every household here in Jesus' name. Thank you for the gift of relationship. Thank you for the gift of family. Why don't you just grab somebody next to you and appropriately. Kind of like open up your eyes. To... Nicely, they might not like to be grabbed. Or... Just like Jesus, force them if you need to. So just turn to somebody next to you and however you're going to do it, just, just minister to them, just bless them this morning. Remember, not awkwardness. Hallelujah. It's great to see you in the house of the Lord this morning. All right. How you all doing? All right. Days just warming up, huh? Uh, it's so good to see you, Kate. Ooh, your beautiful wife here. Got a mic there. It's my mum looking 21 again on the front row. <laughs> Praying for you last night. I had you on my heart. I just sense that God's going to touch your life afresh in a personal way. Hallelujah. I love you heaps. We love what you're doing. We love uh, love you as my mom, but I love what you, the ministry that you brought to this house, and I can sense you're touched by everything. <laughs> Come on, give Pastor Joy a hand. She's an amazing woman. She can make, she can cook for 100 people just like that. You turn up at the house, you're always like, Come. And I actually was not uh, blessed with that anointing. I cannot cook for 100 people. <laughs> At all. Yet. Yet. She's practicing. Apparently I'm practicing. We do want to extend a warm welcome, especially I 
Actually, I do hear that there's somebody here from Chicago. Where are you? Mr. Chicago man? Over here. It's good to have you here. You've come a long way this morning. Wonderful to have you here. And if you're here for the first or second time or you're still just checking us out, I want to extend a warm welcome to you. Great to have you here. Yeah, we are so glad you're here. We also have Brandon. Is Brandon here this morning? Well, somebody give us a wave. There's Brandon. So uh, this is Brandon. And uh, actually, I need, to, I need to say who you're connected to. So his mum next to him, Linda. And uh, she's one of a faithful woman in the house and a worshipper. But Brandon is here. He grew up here. And he went over to Australia and was involved in um, different churches, including Hillsong and uh, playing drums and sound engineering for Hillsong United and Darlene Check. And uh, actually, just recently, we went to San Diego. We were in a C3 church there. And they said, we said, oh, we've got a guy, uh, Brandon Gillies, coming in to help us. And he said, oh, do you mean Brad? And I said, yeah. He said, from Hillsong. And I said, yeah. He said, oh, if you've got him coming in, man, you guys are uh, sorted. You guys are. But let me tell you, uh, so Brandon has come in. He's um, helping us. This whole year is about moving forward. And he's helping us. He's going to be installing a whole lot of new sound gear and training our sound people. And uh, here's what he's done is he said this. He said at the start of the year, he says, um, I'd love to come and just um, and, and give you uh, 10 days where I'll, I'll do that. When we came back, which we were really blessed by, when we came back from America, he rang Dave and he said, you know what? I'd just love to come for a month. So he's taken a month of his own job, his own work, and he's coming in to invest back into this house. Are we blessed? We are so blessed. And Brandon, I want to thank you um, because it, it was something that he chose to do. And I just, it has absolutely blessed us. And so in the coming months, all our sound people, including a few more, are going to be trained under the sky. And oh, we're just fantastically, we just can't wait. Awesome. Uh, it is good to be back. I don't know what Kate told you last week, but I wasn't on a mission trip anywhere. I told them your car caught fire. I'd like to tell you I was doing something sp deeply spiritual, but kind of was. Yeah, so anyway, we're we were moving forward, yeah, like 200 kilometers an hour, sideways. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, yeah, we went racing last weekend, so deeply spiritual. Sometimes pastors have got to do these things. We've got to get out of the church and just do kind of, you know, have some aromatherapy. Anyway, we caught fire and bits and pieces, had some challenges. So actually, we've got unfinished, unfinished business, Kate. So I'm thinking about six weeks. Am I going? We're going to be back here. I'll drive, eh? No. All right, let's move forward because this conversation's just going to go into a big old hole. We've got some birthdays or something. We must have. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's for another day. The story of the car in the hole. That was... When Dave and I first got together, started going out, I got a car and a big old coal in front of the senior pastor. <laughs> hey, uh, if you've had a birthday this week, we want to celebrate with you. So or, why don't you lift your an hand? anniversary. Grant, happy birthday. Grant. see another one over the back and another. Vicky, it was Vicky's birthday yesterday. Happy birthday, Vicky. One down here. Tyler. Awesome. I can see another one here. Oh, I can see two. Wade. This is Wade. Wade, Wade was 21. Come on, give him a big shout. This guy. Is there anyone 
over here. You've had a birthday. Shani, happy birthday. Was it yesterday as well? Fantastic. What about if you've had a wedding anniversary? Here at Bay City, we love to celebrate Pete and Henrietta. How many years? How many years? 18 years. And there's another one. Adam and Tash, was it your wedding anniversary? Oh, it's fantastic. Fantastic. How many years? Eight years. Congratulations. Put your hand up, Adam. Oh. Wait, wait, wait. Ethan, they're just over here with the little bubby. And there's another one. Adam and... Ah, you guys. Lavina. How many years? 18 loving years. 18 years. 18 years. 18 years. Awesome. Matthew. So did you get uh, Adam down here? Did you get something, Adam? And then Lavina as well. Hey, so we just want to bless you. We want to say we love to celebrate with you. And so if it's been your birthday, we decree blessing over your life. If it's been your wedding anniversary, we want to say we bless you. We bless your marriage in Jesus' name. And uh, if you're here today and you are visiting with us, then we want to say you are especially welcome. And after the service today, we've got a visitor lounge. We would love to get to know you. Hey, we're going to just take out the offering this morning. And, uh, oh, excellent, Janice. <laughs> and I uh, just want to encourage you, uh, just something because something I've been reading about was, has been Jacob, and I'm going to bring that out this morning. But uh, Jacob had an encounter with the Lord, and uh, the Lord um, gave him some promises. And Jacob's response afterwards was this. He said, that I will give a tenth of my income, a tenth of all I earn to you. And that tenth was not something that was compelled. It was not something that was imposed upon him. If it's imposed upon you, then don't do it. <laughs> it was a free will offering. It was a it was a response from a heart attitude towards God. It was a response to God. He made the decision. He was the one that was empowered in making the decision to give. The tenth, the tithe, it was certainly not something that the, his pastor or anybody else said that he must do. It was his own response that he decided to do in response to his love for Jesus Christ, his love for God, and the blessing that God had bestowed upon his life. So this morning as we give, let's also give with a heart of gratitude. Let's give with an empowered heart saying, thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us. Amen. Come on, let's give this morning. Here we go. Every prayer is to our God and every word of worship. Pastor Mike, would you just come and just bless the offering this morning? Come on. Father, we thank you. You're the giver of every good gift. We thank you. You're a generous, abundant God. 
Lord, as we present to you our offering, a part of our life, part of who we are, we acknowledge it all comes from you, and from you we give back to you. Lord, today we pray blessing upon every family here. We pray blessing on the seed sown, that it'll produce a harvest of souls. We pray that the seeds which are sown will be multiplied back to your people, for you're the God who provides seed to the sower. So Lord, we give you all the honor today and thank you for increase in finances, for promotions, for enlargements, for opportunities, for great uh, sales that people are going to get, for the things you will bring into their life that will favor them financially. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, just while you take your seats this morning, we're going to check out what's happening uh, in Bay City over the next few weeks. We've got some great things coming up. Uh, including next weekend, and you don't want to miss it. So let's check it out. Fantastic. So some great things coming up. You would have received this when you came in the door. This is not just for you. Why don't you give one to somebody you know and say, come along at Easter. 
come along and uh, come and be part of our service. There's a creative presentation. There will be um, a morning tea with Hot Cross Buns. So uh, it's going to be a fantastic morning. Uh, remember, next weekend, don't miss it also. Jacob Biswell will be here. Um, there is a leaders meeting on the Saturday night. So all leaders are invited to that meeting. Um, and tomorrow night, um, it isn't too late to register. So if you've been coming, you may have been coming for a few months to Bay City. But uh, you'd like to have an opportunity to hear more about who we are, where we've come from, where we're going. Um, we'd love you to come. So uh, come and put your name down at the Ask Me desk after the service will be fantastic. Thanks, Kate. You're awesome. <laughs> We're going to be preaching up here shortly, so uh, be fantastic woman of God and great preacher. Have you got your Bibles with you this morning? Yeah? I hope you brought one with you. It's been set up on the screen. But uh, last couple of weeks ago, I, was, I just felt in my heart because uh, the issue of responsibility and, and empowerment and, and how they are tr- the two are interconnected. And uh, one of the things I'm believing for is that every one of us, both as, uh, as individuals and together as a family, that we would, one, be empowered to move forward in, in parts of our lives as a church, that we would move forward, that we would have fresh sense of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit around our lives. And one of the things that I, um, I started to look at and started to see that uh, empowerment is, is directly connected to responsibility. And when you're responsible, when you're responsible for the things that are entrusted to you, uh, and you, you, you take responsibility for that, it brings empowerment. So you, uh, empowerment and responsibility do come close. You don't just get empowered just for the sake of being empowered. You get empowered to do something. Jesus was anointed or empowered of the Holy Spirit to do some things. And so the empowerment upon our lives for us to live an empowered life is not to live a selfish life, but it's to live a life that is big, that it's a life that brings value into the world. A life that is empowered, a life that is in responsibility, is also a life that brings value into the world. When somebody is empowered, when we are as empowered Christian, we, we make the world better, a better place. When we bring value into the world, when we create value, we are making the world a better place. So when we are responsible, we become empowered. And as we become responsible for the things that have been entrusted to us, God can then start to add things to our life. So that the more we are responsible for that which is entrusted to us, the more we can start to grow it in the sense of empowerment and the more value that we can create into the world. Everything is connected, see. And uh, so I've been just... Uh, just allowing the Holy Spirit to speak into my own heart about areas in my own life where I have just been, uh, where I've been in survival mode to a certain degree. And, uh, and this is where I'm really believing for, for, for many people that would shift out of the places where we are disempowered in our lives and become more empowered. The more empowered I am as an individual, the more empowered I am in my relationship with Jesus Christ, the more value that I can bring to you and the more value I can bring to the world around me. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Maybe we're going to talk a little bit sometime about uh, the different types of value because every one of us has an intrinsic value. In other words, it's a value that you have because of who you are. Uh, that, that's one level of value. It's a, it's a value that no one can take away from you. You doesn't matter what circumstances, doesn't matter what environment you are, you have an intrinsic value. The, the, the word intrinsic means it's part of you. You were born in the image of Christ. You were carried the breath of God. You have a, an intrinsic value within inside of your life. However, you can also add value to your life as well. You have what's called, I believe, what's called a net value that your life can produce. 
you can come to the end of your life and still have a, an intrinsic value, but, add, but your life has added nothing, added nothing to the world around you. So there's the intrinsic value that you carry as a person. Uh, there's also the value that your life can add. And most of the time, we, 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 we find that out, one, at somebody's funeral, <laughs> and two, when you stand before the Lord. The other thing about, uh, about responsibility is there's always accountability as well. So that one day, every one of us will give an account for our lives. What have we done with what we have been responsible for? And then we are rewarded, not because of our intrinsic value, but we are rewarded because of the value that we've added into the world. Hello? You, you don't get rewarded in the kingdom just because you are just a person. It's kind of unfair, but it's kind of it's the truth. The value that our lives add really is what makes our life, what makes our life count. And so when we're responsible for the little things in our life, God entrusts us with more. There are things that we are, you and I are solely responsible for. Right? And as long as we, um, we maintain responsibility of that and feed into that, your life will grow, uh, grow in empowerment. However, if you're irresponsible, one of the things we define is that our life becomes disempowered. You only have to go to the jail to see people that have been irresponsible and see that their privileges or they've been disempowered in parts of their life. The same thing happens in every part of our life. Either we are responsible and either are growing in responsibility or we are growing into empowerment or we're going back the other way. And so I believe that for many of us, there are still parts of our life, parts of our soul that are disempowered. And that, my friends, is why Jesus, one of the main reasons Jesus came is to deliver us from these things, deliver us from spirits that keep people in bondage and bring your life into a place of empowerment, bring your life into a place where you are fully empowered through Jesus Christ, amen? That is the process of discipleship when we, when we, uh, when we move away from uh, greater is he that is in the world. We, we, as we start to move towards greater is he, we become more conscious of his, his presence within us. We become, that's the process of discipleship, and that's where uh, I believe we can come into a greater sense of empowerment. And so one of the things I'm looking for myself is areas in my own heart, areas in what I'm responsible for, that are, are disempowered or I'm still either in survival mode or just out of survival mode. Let's unpack this a little bit more. And uh, one of the things I was just, again, just speaking, uh, just I felt the Holy Spirit speak is about in 1 John, uh, 3 John 1 verse 2, where John was praying that, I pray that you would be in good health and just as your soul would prosper. And just as your soul would prosper. It's one thing for your soul to be prosperous. It's another thing for it to be in debt. It's another thing for it to be in zero. <laughs> so when, you are, when your soul is in a place of prosperity, that's in a place of empowerment. And how you know there's a, you're in a place of prosperity? You carry a lot of joy. There is a, you're generous. There's a whole bunch of things. You'll find that you can handle pressure very easily. When a soul is, is prosperous, you can easily overcome offense. When your soul is prosperous, you can easily overcome what's going on in the world around you. It's not that hard. It's like when you're physically strong, you can easily handle a walk up a hill. It's kind of, but somebody who's not physically fit, they'll find it a slog. <laughs> so one of the things about our soul is it's the area of our mind and our, our emotions and our, and our capacity to, decide, to choose. 
when people are, uh, are in are in bondage in their soul, one of the things you'll find is that their, their thinking is, is inhibited, their, their emotions are, uh, are bound up and not expressed. When somebody is free in their soul, you find they think big, they, they, they think possibilities, they don't think negatives, they think possibilities, they talk big, they talk opportunities. Small people, people whose soul is in deficit will talk about other people, but a bigger person will talk about opportunities, possibilities. That's how you know when somebody, when one of the indicators you can tell when somebody in their soul is either prospering or they're in deficit. And so for some people, they're in deficit. They're, when you're in debt, you can't do things. When you have no money, there are some things that you can't do. When you owe some money, you're subject to the borrower. You're subject, you are, you are bound. That's what the, the word mortgage simply means is this, a death grip. So when you're in a mortgage, it's a death grip. It's not just a physical thing, but it's a spiritual thing upon your life. And for some people, you've moved out of out of deficit, but you're in zero. Zero is another place. It's not you're not in debt, but you're not fully empowered either. And that's where a lot of people sit, where they um, in their lives they they're not fully empowered in the things of God, but yet they're just in the place of zero. I believe it is God's plan for our lives that we shift out of zero and we come into a place of strength, that we come into a place of responsibility, and as a result of that, the world around us will be blessed. The world around us will be blessed. I'm, I'm just so inspired by my best mate that I went racing with um, who he had some challenges in his business place. But one of the things he did, instead of skiving off from his responsibility, uh, instead of skiving off from the decisions that whatever happened, he decided to take responsibility for the situation, take responsibility for uh, where he was. And as he did that, God empowered him afresh to the point now where in six years he is now uh, just incredibly successful and empowered in many different ways. So empowered that actually he's able to employ uh, nearly 100 odd people. And uh, that's what I mean when you become responsible, when you take ownership for the things in your life, your, your, your sense of empowerment will grow stronger and you start to create a value into your world. When somebody is disempowered, one of the things you find is there is always a compensation somewhere. There's always a compensation. You'll find that they may behave in a certain way or at least to create the perception that they're in a place of empowerment. It's one of the things I see is when you listen to people and I think, is it, am I meeting the real person or am I meeting an image of what they're portraying in order for them to think that they're in a place of strength? Christians are notorious at it. Pastors are even worse. <laughs> but one of the things I want to encourage us to do is to allow God into these places, into our heart, allow God into the deficits of our soul where there's fear, where there's bondage, where there's oppression, where there's those um, secrets in there. Allow God into those places. You'll find when you start to take responsibility in there, you start to, uh, you'll find that you start to get freshly empowered in there. One of the ways is uh, when somebody is disempowered or has no strength, one of the ways that, you, that they, uh, a coping mechanism is to leverage off somebody else's overflow. To leverage off somebody else's overflow. You listen to this. The word leverage simply means this. means to grasp or to hang on to. When somebody has no is a very little producer of value, one of the things that they will do is they will connect or join themselves to somebody who does have a, a lot of value, and that will alter the perception. You'll find that companies do this. If, if a company has no or very little recognition, brand recognition, one of the things that they'll do is it's value by association. And a lot of people will do this as well uh, outside of 
in a, in a personal context where they're, they're devalued in their own soul, where they, where they experience disempowerment, they will try and compensate by leveraging value off somebody else or something. And as long as we remain in that place, our power or our capacity to bring value into the world will remain diminished. So the only way that we can really bring power into the world around us, especially the Holy Spirit power, is one that we take responsibility for our own lives and we become value creators, value value producers opposed to leverages. And uh, one of the things, uh, I'm just going to bring it into Scripture now, um, but one one of the people I've just been really inspired by is Jacob. Now, Jacob... Uh, before Jacob became Israel, before Israel was Israel, he was Jacob. And um, literally the word Jacob simply means um, to grasp or to hang on. Remember the word leverage. The word leverage has the same definition. And so when when Jacob was born, he he came out hanging on to his brother's heel. And so I believe that that the the connection here is, is, is very similar. So Jacob's life was one that as he came into the world, he was not necessarily a value producer. He was more of a value consumer. One of the things that you find is, and, and, and Jacob himself ended up becoming Israel. And as we know, Israel today, when you think back on the history, there's no, there's no people group has been such persecuted as Israel that you've still survived. If you look at how much value uh, the Jews bring into the world today, it is absolutely incredible. But it never, ever started off that way. He start, Israel started off as Jacob, one who leverages value from other people, one who grasps the heel of somebody else. In other words, somebody who, whose value is attained by their relationship with somebody else. So Jacob, one of the great patriarchs of the Bible, had an encounter with God that was a life-changing event. Jacob began to have an awe and love of God that made no room for craftiness and selfishness. Previously, Jacob yearned for his brother's inheritance. In other words, one of the things that you can see is with Esau, uh, there is one who sold, who, 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 he found a way to obtain his birthright. And then the second time, he found a way also to deceive his father into blessing him. And I know there's a little bit of content here, but when you think about the context of it, what's going on here is people still do the same. People will still leverage blessing from somebody else. People are not responsible necessarily for their own uh, status or, or their place in life. And then they'll start to leverage from, from the people around you. But one of the things that Jacob did, Jacob had a significant heart change. And Jacob became transformed from being one who leveraged or grabbed the heel of somebody else to somebody who became one of the, probably one of the most, apart from Jesus Christ himself, the greatest value producer in the world today. And his descendants today, 4,000 years later, own most of the money in the world. But it started off as somebody who was uh, a leverager, somebody who created value. Uh, he didn't create value, but took it off somebody else. And uh, so one of the things I want to just encourage us with is one of, the, uh, one of the core places that we are responsible for is this, our own heart responses, our own heart responses. Especially when life doesn't go as we would expect or life does some funny things. When people don't do what they are committed to do or when people don't do what they should be doing or ought to be doing or anything like that, the effect or our response to that is either we can either, uh, we can either look at that as a place of we start to get criti- critical or start to get defensive over it or you can change in your heart and you can simply just change your approach. If you know anything about sailing, it doesn't matter whether you've got a headwind or not, you can still sail into a headwind. 
doesn't matter which way the wind is blowing, you can still get to your destination. You just adjust the sails. But if you sit there and you're saying, oh, I've got a head wind, blah, 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 you're not going to get anywhere. You've just got to tune yourself right. You've got to adjust yourself, adjust your position, and you'll find that you can get ahead even in a head wind. And uh, so one of the things that we have just been inspired by is that Jacob's conversion from a scanning person to a person that is empowered and creates value. In all, every part of our life, even my own heart, I'm either in a place of survival mode or coming out of survival mode and just thinking about tomorrow or, or, or the, just the things that are coming up, or I'm either empowered and, and I'm moving proactively things ahead. Um, I, I own the situation. I own the atmosphere around. I'm responsible for the spiritual atmosphere. I'm responsible for my heart. I'm responsible for the responses and the, the reactions that I, that I make. And all of those will create either a, a life of value or they'll suck and draw the life. One of the things that we, um, we looked about Jacob, Jacob had a, uh, had a dealing with, a, with his father-in-law, his future father-in-law called Laban. And um, one of the things that we find is in, in Genesis chapter 29 and verse 18, that Jacob enters into a contract with Laban. He has an agreement. So when you have an agreement, when you come into an agreement with somebody, there's obligations. I will do this if you do that. That's what an agreement is. It's simply what a contract is. So there was an obligation. There was a responsibility for you to fulfill your part of the obligation. What happens when that doesn't happen? And this is quite a long story, so I'm only just going to take snippets out of it. But one of the things you find is here that uh, Jacob enters into a contract with Laban in verse 18 of chapter 29. Uh, now, Jacob loved Rachel, and he, so he said, I will serve you for seven years for Rachel, your younger daughter. One of the things that we find is that he, so he worked for seven years, and then he gets, he finally gets his bride, and, and then the next morning, he discovers, oh, no, I've been tricked, I've been deceived. It's not Rachel, it's not the one that I worked seven years for. This is complete, this is the ugly one. The Bible says, Rachel had the one, she was nice with a nice figure. And Leah was the one that was with the weak eyes, and she was not so good, but I don't know. So Jacob, so, so, so Jacob gets tricked. I don't know about you, but one of the things we find is that in our interactions with people, there are things that people should do and don't. There are things that we, we expect life to go in a particular way. He worked for seven years in hoping and believing and expecting that life would ter- turn out a particular way. Seven years down the track after working hard, he, decide, he founds out that he's been tricked. I don't know about you, but... Have you ever been involved in a situation where somebody didn't fulfill their obligation or life did not work out as well as you thought it would or expected, rightfully expected it to be so? Somebody who is in deficit in their soul, one of the things that you find is that they will complain and whinge and whine and everything will be justified. They should have done this. He should have done that. They should have done that. <laughs> they ought to have done that. Blah, 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 blah. But one of the things that we find with Jacob is, one, he got a little bit upset, but one of the things we find is this. He didn't just quit and run away. A lot of people, when they, um, uh, when they get into a difficult situation where life never worked out as they thought or hoped or planned it would be, they end up running away. Instead of taking responsibility for the atmosphere, instead of taking responsibility for their own heart, they'll start to complain and start to talk and start to uh, use some other colorful words for this behalf of the Lord. But you'll find that people will start to do a whole bunch of things. Essentially, he got tricked. 
One of the things we find is all of us will find ourselves in that place at somewhere in our life where things do not go. And that is the time where you really discover what's going on inside of you. That is the time where you can discover where you've been. you are either in a place of empowerment where you can trust God that God will work things out. I've been in situations where God has spoke to me that I've, you know, I've been blessed and things like that. But then their situations seem quite contrary. That is when you've got to start to take responsibility for your own heart responses. Will you, you'll come into a place where you must decide whether you will trust God that he will fill it, fulfill his work, doesn't matter what is going on around you, or whether you can sulk and run away. It's times like this really defines you as a person. It really defines what you're made of. It really defines you have the choice there to take responsibility for your faith, for your emotions, for your, your belief system, and that is where your, your, your faith can grow stronger when it's been put to the test. When God says that I will bless you, but the circumstances say different. Many people, when they're in that position, that is when they, their wheels start to come under. It doesn't matter how much they jump up and down in the house of the Lord. When it comes down to it and push comes to shove, where will your faith be? Where, how strong will your faith? Will you take responsibility for your own responses or your own reactions? Or will you start to blame other people? You find that Jacob did it again. And so... Uh, one of the things that you'll find is uh, Laban. Laban initially, Laban's whole relationship with Jacob amounted to how he could get one over Jacob. And this continued for about 20 years. So Jacob, so, so here you have on one side, you'll have Jacob. God's made a promise over his life. On the other side, you have a Laban. So one used to be a heel grabber, but now the, heel, the shoe is on the other foot. Whereas now Laban is now the heel grabber and he's leveraging Jacob to see what value he could get out of Jacob. But one of the things that you find is with Jacob and all through the story is he got ruffled a couple of times, but at the end of the day, when push came to shove, he still kept his faith strong in God. He still held on to the word of God that God would bless him no matter what the circumstances were going on. He, God could still be trusted. He still took responsibility. He still took responsibility for his own faith and for his own emotions and for his own soul. And that, at the end of the day, is what became the deciding factor for his life. One of the things that you'll find is that uh, because Jacob, one of the things that, because Jacob uh, was responsible for his own heart, because he was responsible for his own faith, everything he did, everything he touched while working for Laban for the, for the 20 years, prospered. In other words, when you're responsible for what's going on in your heart, when you're responsible for your own faith, you will add value to the world around you. <laughs> That's what being a Christian is about. Being a Christian is about being responsible for the faith that, that has been delivered to us, not just leveraging off somebody else's, but to build and to grow in faith and to be responsible for what's going on inside of our own lives. That is the first place we can be responsible for. As we were faithful in there, God can expand our borders. You see that he got, uh, uh, Jacob was faithful there. And you can see that at the end of the day, his life, the life around him was benefited. And it was recognized as well. Everything, because Jacob continued to add value in everything he did, everyone around him, everyone around him, including Laban, including the one that was trying to rip him off in the first place, prospered. That sounds unreasonable, right? 
Where's God? That's the amazing thing about God is, is he, can, he, he can give to the just and the unjust. The effect of our faith, the effect of being responsible, the effect of an empowered person whose faith is in God brings value to not just themselves, but to the world around them. Everyone, including your enemies, including those who are trying to leverage from you. Everyone around them, God bless. Friends, I want to live that kind of life. I want my faith, I want my, my, my stand as a Christian to be that where everyone around me is blessed. That I'm not trying to leverage from other people. I'm not going to try and be a label on anyone. But I'm going to have a change of heart and be one that brings blessing. No matter what anyone else has done. It doesn't matter whether no one else has fulfilled their contract. I will keep my word. I'm responsible for the, uh, the, 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 um, the decisions and the, the responsibilities I've committed to. Oh, this is good stuff. Made me think. I'm thinking, oh, where am I being irresponsible? <laughs> when Jacob had fulfilled his obligation... Laban acknowledged Jacob's work and all the value he created from his years of service. In, in Genesis 30 and verse 26 to 27, he says, uh, uh, Give me my wives and my children for whom I have served thee, and let me go, for you know my service which I have done for you. In other words, it's not just been a, a secret service. Not a hidden Christian, not a hidden spiritual person where no one knows what they're up to. When you're responsible, when you're a person who is empowered, the, the evidence will be clearly seen around your life. So now know, you already know the service which I have done thee. And Laban said to him, I pray thee, if I have found favor in thy eyes, hurry, for I have learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me because of you. My friends, that's the effect that I want my life to carry. I want the people in our community to say, one, there is a God <laughs> who loves us. Two, that we're blessed because what you have done. I'm blessed because what you as a church has done. The effect of the church of Jesus Christ, the effect of the body of Christ in Hastings, the community is blessed because of that. That happens not just because we prayed a whole bunch of prayers. It happens not just because we have a prophet come in. It happens simply by this, all of this. But it happens largely when you start to take responsibility for your own faith, start to take responsibility for your own walk with God, take responsibility for what you are responsible for. Start to take responsibility for your finances, take responsibility for your own spiritual growth. My role as a pastor is not to spoon feed you for all your life, for, for those that are new. That is my job. It's my job to spoon feed you for a while. But then it's my job also to help you grow and encourage your own faith. Teach you how to, work, how to read the Bible, how to open it up, how to walk with God. Laban realized later on that their relationship was unbalanced, where Jacob had provided the majority of the value and benefit. Laban begged Jacob to stay because he had become dependent upon Jacob for his prosperity. And I can see in my own life, and I look at the relationship that I have, is that I am blessed because somebody else was responsible. I am blessed today because my granddad was responsible for his finances, 
and to my granddad was responsible for his faith. No matter what the circumstances, had you treated him bad, he got excommunicated from his family, but he remained responsible for his faith. He remained responsible for his own car. He remained responsible for his finances. And as a result, I am blessed. Today, you are blessed. You are sitting in this place today and you enjoy the benefit of the decisions that my granddad made back then. Today, you are blessed because my mum and my own dad took responsibility no matter what went on in the world, no matter what who you tried to leverage who, no matter who tried to use them, abuse them, no matter who promised them this and didn't deliver, anything like that, it doesn't matter. An empowered person will say, I trust God. My faith is in God. God said he would bless me. So even if my circumstances look contrary, I will remain faithful to the Lord. I will remain faithful to one that I will follow him and that he will look after me. Today, you and I are blessed. You're sitting in this place here today because somebody, some people, Bob was faithful with his finances. Kate, Bob was faithful with the entrustment that God gave to us. That is why you sit in this place. Some of you experienced the blessing of various ministries in this house because somebody was faithful with what God entrusted to them. Many of them have gone through difficult circumstances. I can tell you some have been betrayed, some have been, you name it. But yet they remain faithful. That doesn't matter what my initial circumstances look like. I will remain faithful. I'll be responsible for my own walk. I'll be responsible for my relationship with God. I'll be responsible for relationship with my wife and the people, the things that I'm responsible for. And as a result, you will find that blessing will come in the world around you. Young people, I encourage you today, if mummy says, make your bed, be responsible for your bedtime, be <laughs> whatever it is. It's a discipline. Discipline sets you up. It prepares you for responsibility. That's why it's important to pray. That's why it's important to just to learn to read your Bible, to start to develop these disciplines because they set you up for responsibility. I could not do what I do today if I didn't have, if I hadn't been taught the discipline of one, how to pray, and two, how to read the Bible. I am responsible. That's why I'm empowered. In the places that I am disempowered, it's probably because I haven't taken responsibility or there's still a part of my soul that's either afraid or in pain or broken or I'm just trying to hide. Or I simply just don't even know about it. But many of us are in that space. The way that we behave, the way that we carry on, the way that we project. Actually, one of the things we don't realize is often is how disempowered we really are. But I believe that as for you and I to move forward, if you're, if you're stuck in an area of your life, if things aren't shifting for you, if things aren't moving forward, if you're just, either one, you're wrestling with God, or two, there's probably a part in your heart that you get to reflect that, uh, what part of my soul am I not trusting God? What am I not being responsible for? One of the things that we'll find is that um, uh, because God, because Jacob trusted God in his heart, he kept responsible, his heart connected to the Lord and empowered by the Lord. Jacob was delivered by, from his enemies and God provided him with a greater inheritance than anyone had ever expected. It's easy to look back in hindsight, but foresight is something that we need to look for. Pastor Mike, I don't know about you, but could you ever imagine you'd be doing the things you're doing today? Never. But God is blessed. 
because you're faithful and responsible to the thing that is responsible for it. It will become evident. Over time, for, for Jacob, it took 20 years. Don't expect to happen in a week. I'm responsible for a week. <laughs> you get back into those dirty old habits. No, no, no. Just be faithful. Be faithful in committing our lives to the Lord. Be faithful in, 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 in the things that we're entrusted. The young people start now. Never too young to never too never too young to start. Never too old to start. Just start somewhere. Start to get some time on the inside of your life. Start to be aware of where you're starting to react. One of the things I want to encourage is, is this, that Jacob is committed to remain in charge. Just rem- committed to remain in charge no matter what was going on around him. And as a result, today, we see the, the influence that Israel, or he has, those decisions, have on the world today. Incredible. My encouragement for you today, I want to just close with this. Lovely, every eye closed and every head bowed. I'd like to ask you a couple of questions this morning. Where am I leveraging off others for success? Or where am I leveraging off other people for value? Is there a part of my life where I'm just riding on the heel of somebody else? Actually, I'm old enough now to be responsible for my own walk with God. Where is it that we're leveraging off others? Maybe in our finance, are we leveraging finances off somebody else? Are we trying to get somebody else to get us ahead financially? Where are we not taking responsibility in the area of our finances? Husbands, men, we should be taking responsibility and not leaving it to our kids. What about our spiritual life? Who's carrying the spiritual responsibility in your household? Where does the weight fall? father, the husband, the man at the head of the house. Who carries the weight? Maybe you're here today and you're, um, you've been a Christian for a long time, but you still come every Sunday and you're leveraging off somebody else's faith for the last five years. Make a decision today that you will grow in faith yourself. Make a decision that you become responsible for your own walk with the Lord. What about ministry? For some people, it's ministry. Their, their, their whole value, their whole significance is, is connected by their relationship with somebody else. I was like that for a while, for a long time, until I started to become responsible for my own faith. That's when I became more empowered. What about friendships? Be responsible for the friendships around you. Be responsible for, for your relationships. Just... A man who has friends must show himself friendly. If you're feeling lonely and disempowered, be empowered. Reach out to somebody. <laughs> Another question, what is my reaction or response when things don't go my way? When people don't do what they should have done or have treated me wrongly? Do I get angry? Do I start to blame or start to justify do I demand, do I start demanding that people are held to account? I know people need to be held to account, but when we demand that sort of thing, often it tells me that there's something else going on behind it. 
and so they're afraid of being treated unjustly. Or do I just disconnect and go into my own little happy place? <laughs> One of the things a lot of people would do is when they're facing stress, when they're facing things, when the world is not turning out the way they could turn out or anything like that, is we just disconnect and go into a happy place where no one can touch us. That is a place of disempowerment. Why don't we make a decision today? The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. He knows our hearts. He knows our lives. He knows the parts of us that are disempowered. And he wants to come in. He wants to deliver you from those parts of your life. He wants you to become strong in faith, to become a valuator, to, to make the world a better place. Today, I want to ask you those questions. Make a decision today. Even just God is speaking to people right now. God is speaking to people right now. I know God is speaking to me. <laughs> Make a decision. I'm going to be responsible for these parts of my life. Maybe it's in the areas of finances. Maybe it's the area of your walk with God. One of the first things that you could do would be to respond to Jesus and say, Lord, I open up my heart. I open up my life. And I trust my life into your hands. Why don't we just stand to our feet right now? Just lift our hands. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into our lives today. Thank you, Lord, for your promise to bless us, to enlarge us, to, to bring us increase. We thank you for the opportunity that we have as a church to touch the world. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that we have to touch the community around us touch so many people, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for the promises that you have for us. And I pray today, Holy Spirit, that you show us the areas in our life that we are disempowered, that we would take responsibility, that we'd stand up, we'd take responsibility for our own faith, we'd start to take responsibility for our own hearts today in Jesus' name. And the nations would be blessed because of the stands, because of the decisions in our hearts that we make today in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, come on, all God's people said. All right. I want to encourage you, and uh, like I said, today we, we live on the benefit, we live on the, we're blessed by the decisions that people before us have made because they took responsibility. I know that God is speaking to different ones here today, and we're just going to go into a song of worship. But if you know that God is speaking to you today, that you need to take responsibility for a part of your life, maybe it's your own walk with God, maybe it's your heart, maybe it's your emotions, maybe it's your finances. Somewhere in your life you need to take responsibility, and God is speaking to you about it. Just as we sing this song, I would like you just to come to the front and right now and just make a decision. God, I'm going to take responsibility for my life right now. For these parts of my life that are disempowered today, I need your presence to come into my life. I need your presence to come and shift these uh, parts of my life that are disempowering me. I want my life to count. I want it to count today in Jesus' name. If you want to make a decision today, if you're feeling God speak to you, I want you to just come to the front right now as we sing. Come on, let's worship Him. Be enthroned. Be enthroned upon the praises of a thousand generations. You are worthy, Lord. 
want you to respond to him this morning. Thank you for every household represented here. God, I just pray right now that your Holy Spirit will just come and touch them right now in Jesus' name. Touch every household. Bring blessing today, Father, as they go from this place. I pray today that you would speak into their lives, that your word would resound in their hearts today. And Father, that a fresh empowerment come into their lives in Jesus' name. Father, we commit before you the coming meetings with Jacob Biswell. Father, we just pray today and we call for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Come on, all God's people said. God bless you. And if you want to stay around, I'm just going to pray for some people. They've got a cafe that's open. And don't forget to come next Sunday. Kids are raising money in the cafe. So let's go and support our kiddies.